in OT environments, the, the highest priority is safety. And in your IT world, your, your highest priority is confidentiality, make sure that, making sure that that data that you're moving around is, is, has integrity. Um, one good way that I, I, I like to describe this is in the in in IT world, if, if a computer becomes infected, one of the first things they tell you to do is disconnect that computer, isolate it from the network, and, and, and then we can go about figuring what's wrong with it, re-imaging it, or doing all those tasks that come along with that. But in an OT world, that's not always the situation. You can't just plug a computer out and, and remove it from the network. That network is probably providing some critical critical infrastructure process that, that needs to be um, running 24 hours a day. Welcome to this episode of Risk Matters X.0. Today, we're talking with Tian McEwen about IT OT convergence, particularly when it comes to finding OT professionals and resources. This is part of a mini series that we have celebrating Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Welcome, Kian. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Ian, for having me. I, uh, hello, everyone. This is Kian McEwen. I am the global lead for the Industrial Cybersecurity Operations Center here at ABS Group. Um, I've been working with the Security Operations Center on their current projects and building the capabilities that we need to service our clients. Um, I come from a background of controls engineering and which has kind of used some of that skills I've, I've gained there to kind of transfer over to the cybersecurity for ICS. And that's, that's basically where I am now. Great, thank you. Listen, um, you're a great person to talk to about ITOT convergence because you're, you're living it right now. It's a term that we often hear out in the market, but when you start peeling back those layers, when you start thinking about IT and OT convergence, at its core, it's what parts of IT can be applied to the OT world and vice versa. It's because those are two different worlds that, that, that people are living in. And often IT has got the rose pinned on them. They've got the responsibility to go figure out things in OT. So I know that you, again, live in the middle of that right now, trying to run the, the, the OT SOC. Um, and one of the areas, and we'll explore a few of these today, but one of the areas is in just in hiring. Um, what are you experiencing when you're trying to get talent in on the OT side? And then we'll, we'll figure out how you leverage IT potentially to, to help with that. But first question to you is, how are you finding that to get that OT? What, what, are, what are you seeing out there when you're trying to get talent in? Well, good question, Ian. When looking for that talent in, in the OT environment, the OT cybersecurity environment, we, we find two different candidates. A candidate that is very versed in, in the operational technology and how that operational technology works, but they don't have the insight of um, cybersecurity um, standards and how things need to be built for, for safety, to keep safety in mind. And then we'll find, on the other hand, the cybersecurity professionals who have vast knowledge in IT cybersecurity, but that doesn't always translate into the OT networks and OT environments. Um, and what, let's get on that one. Why, why, there's a lot of the conceptions when I see a board of directors and those saying, they're all kind of the same thing, it's all cyber. Why would you not be able to take an IT person and just say, get started, you got a lot more experience. IT has been experiencing cybersecurity 
um, challenges for decades. So what's why why can't you just flip from one into the other? That's a great great way to put it. Um, the the main thing I've seen is the is a fundamental issue. A fundamental issue being that in OT environments, the the highest priority is safety, and in your IT world, your your highest priority is confidentiality. Make sure that making sure that that data that you're moving around is is has integrity. Um, one good way that I, I I like to describe this is in the in the IT world, if if a computer becomes infected, one of the first things they tell you to do is disconnect that computer, isolate it from the network, and 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 then we can go about figuring what's wrong with it, re-imaging it, or doing all those tasks that come along with that. But in an OT world, that's not always the situation. You can't just plug a computer out and and remove it from the network. That network is probably providing some critical critical infrastructure process that that needs to be um, running 24 hours a day. Because of that, this system can't be just unplugged. And a lot of the technologies that we put into these type of environments, that's the mentality it has. Yeah, so they have that typical CIA model when confidentiality, integrity, and availability. And it's flipped on its head in OT where availability is everything. I've heard you know, things like it's a million dollars a day if a power plant goes down, that kind of stuff, which means things like simple things like patching, right? That there's no patch Tuesday yeah. in that industrial environment. It might happen on a Tuesday once every two years, but <laughs> there is no patch Tuesday. What about the the actual environment? I mean, we've come across things like the way I've had it described to me is when you go into an OT environment, when you start at the higher levels of the network, it looks like an IT environment. You got computers, you got servers, you got stuff like that they're, they're used to. But when you get deeper into environment, things look a lot less like computers and a lot more like pieces of equipment and devices and then parts of equipment like valves and stuff like that. How do you, um, how would you then, if you took an IT person in there into that environment, how do you get them acclimated to? understanding how those networks work and how those devices work and connect to each other? Well, we kind of base it on what they already know. So in, in the IT world, you know the networks, you know how um, Ethernet protocols communicate with each other. And it, it's kind of the same thing in the OT network, um, be it as it may that it's completely different protocols and they're completely different um, forms of communication. But the basics is still there. You have these devices, um, whether it be devices that look like IT devices are pure, strictly OT devices in a network, and they're connected to each other and they're communicating um, with some type of um, language. Um, this, this is used to help produce the outcomes that we need in the OT environment. Um, I'm hopefully that kind of answered your question there. Yeah, it does. I think it also, when you're coming in, I think there's also a cultural angle on this. I've been, in the, I've been on, the, on site and they see the IT person coming in. And they've clearly never had the steel toe boots and the hard hat on, and they can smell it on them. They could smell it on me when I walked in, at least originally, <laughs> and even now, because I'm not as deeply technical. And there's a trust factor because it's their base, right? I mean, I don't want anyone touching my stuff, who, especially those who don't know really this environment. Is Would you say, how do you break down that sort of cultural barrier? Because that's a key part of this convergence, whether it be on the people who are actually implementing the executives, that cultural difference between those two. How do you start breaking down and building up that trust? Yeah, you kind of have to get them both in the same room. And we've done that a few times ourselves 
here also. And you get the IT and the OT professionals in the same room and you kind of let them talk it out. They both have very good points. Uh, IT professionals know that these things need to be protected, know how to do it, know that um, it's, it's, it's a matter of looking at the network and understanding what's going on. OT professionals sees it as their, their bread and butter. Don't mess with my OT equipment. I know how it performs. I know how it should be moving. Um, so getting those people in the same room and on the same page is something that we deal with a lot. You just have to let the OT guys know that because these pieces of equipment that used to be isolated pieces of equipment are now communicating over networks, there, there's, there's an added um, risk that's involved there. And most of the time when you explain that risk and you show it to them, they kind of understand the need, the definite need for cybersecurity and OT. Well, and you can get back to your safety, cyber safety culture, right? Yeah, it's part of their safety culture. You can talk to them about what that means. But I think that there's a phase, there's a, a lot of people in technology see things as technology. And this ends up being a human factor where it has a trust factor and understanding the coming in. And the IT people understanding that they need to learn a new environment and the other side on the OT understand where they're coming in, where they're coming from, and that there is a need and there's expertise. IT has been dealing with cyber for a lot longer than most of the OT people have. So together they can solve that solution, which is, makes it less of a combat, more of a convergence, as, as, as we said before. What would you recommend? You're talking to, let's say, you're sitting in front of a CIO or a CISO either one. And they're saying, listen, I just got assigned to go protect our OT because they heard the word cyber at the board and they just said, it's yours. <laughs> Where do they begin? I mean, the initial point that we, we tell most people to begin at is understanding what parts and pieces you have in your environment. So breaking it down and understanding what's communicating with what, what type of communication is needed to, to have your function, um, your process continue. And then once you understand those parts and pieces in the communication, then you can start building um, a network that's that's kind of calibrated for that, whether it be um, segregating your network in a certain fashion or installing devices to monitor your network. But the, the first and foremost thing is, is to understand what you have. I think that's a great point, because usually we, what we see in the OT environment is that they can't answer often the first question, which is, what do you need to protect? Exactly. We call that asset inventory or asset management. IT does it obviously a lot. Now they have to do it quite differently. They can't do an active ping. They can't get in a network. They can't get stuff inside there. But there are ways to do it passively. And there are ways to get it done. And of course, in those older environments in the OT, you also have to have people actually walk around and get some of the connections that aren't, that aren't part of the, the core network. But if they can go in and show that they A, understand that environment, B, will not, they will be passive, so they won't be disruptive to what's going on. And C, gives them a very specific, valuable uh, piece of information, which is the asset inventory, because that can not only be used for cybersecurity, it's a great tool for any kind of operations. Having them understand what's on their network and really what's going on there helps them with obsolescence planning and reliability and all sorts of other stuff beyond cyber. So it's usually a really friendly, easy way to start that dynamic. Let's help you see what you got. We'll do it in a passive way. And we do understand that importance of your environment. So as a, as a good starting point, as those relations go, that seems like, that seems like the right spot. You had one piece of advice for both OT and IT. What would you give to them? 
my, my advice for most people in this industry um, is to keep the communication flowing. You know, always communicate. That That's what brings us to a better environment, a better situation. Um, we see a lot of silos in our industry and, and to be able to break down those silos and keep the communication paths moving together, I think that that's a benefit for, for everyone involved. Um, no, I, I've seen that work effectively to sit down and first listen to the other side and yeah. what's going on and then build it up, build it up from there. Do you find that, I mean, again, when you're trying to find resources for OT, are you, are you looking more towards the folks with IT experience or with automation and, and, and OT, but not cyber? Oh, that's, that's been a struggle that we face here at ABS ourselves is trying to find the right talent and trying to piece together the right individuals to bring the talent to the table. I think it's a mixture of all of what you just said. Um, not only do we need the IT professionals who know IT and understand how IT security works, but we also need the OT professionals to kind of bridge the gap between IT and OT for those involved to kind of bring that holistic viewpoint to the, to the, to the mix. So when we go out and look for people, we're looking for people with that drive, that, that willingness to learn, because there's, there's, there comes a time where everything you know about IT, cybersecurity needs to be put on a shelf for you to understand OT and then bring it back to, to implement it the way you see that it should be implemented in the OT environment. Well, and that's, that's another piece on it. Like we're building out that expertise. You don't just find it. You have to cons- consistently build it and build upon it. It's one of the things we often will tell our customers is IT talent in cyber is constrained. OT is ridiculously constrained. <laughs> and if you're going to take on an OT area, you need to have any partner, but get a partner who knows that you're going to need a partner who understands the OT environment and it can help you break down those barriers, has those bona fide days. They've had the steel toe boots and the hard hats and they can go talk the right language. It can help you build into that because you're not going to be able to instantly create a full team that can support the OT environment. You need to find and choose the partners who can walk the walk and talk the talk so you can start breaking down some of those barriers. Start where you, you're saying the asset management that started at the beginning. But it starts with getting the right kind of folks who can, can show you how to do that and, and be your, your sharper, if you will, through that, through that environment. Yeah, the other gear that's kind of moving this whole thing also is the fact that cybersecurity as a whole is an industry that changes very frequently. You know, what somebody learned in, in, in cybersecurity two years ago um, would, would be vastly different now if you go out to try to get the same degree. If there's an IT professional out there wanting to learn more about OT, are there certifications, classes? Like, where would you, what, what piece of advice would you give them to where to begin? Oh, that's a great question. I know we were looking at different um, OT cybersecurity protocol. I mean, requirements. So that's a, that's where I like to begin is to understand NIST, understand IMO, understand all the requirements where it comes to OT and how those play into effect in the environments that we have. Um, I, we can definitely recommend different trainings, um, institutes such as SANS and IMO, where you can go and gather these trainings and, and get you the the certifications you need. A good place to start is getting some basic. IT cybersecurity training, such as Security Plus and some of the um, Security Plus trainings that's, that's, that's available out there. You can also get your CISSP. That's a good training to get you a good start into the industry. But yeah, as far as OT knowledge, it's just a matter of understanding the requirements and some of the standards out there that, that are available to us. Yeah, I think there's going to be 
there are trainings out there, obviously understanding everything from IE6443 to NIST is foundational, but then you probably need to get some direct exposure to companies that can properly give you the, the, the training and direct experience in, in doing that. Um, it's an emerging field, so it's never, never, never easy to find all the, all the ways you can get that, that ramped up. Keon, thank you very much for, for your time today. I, I appreciate this, and this will be this is an important topic, especially um, for Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Thanks, Ian, for having me. Um, thanks for celebrating the Cybersecurity Awareness Month with a little bit of interest in, in cybersecurity resources. And thanks, everyone, for participating. You've been listening to Risk Matters X.0 podcast focused on all things risk and why it matters to the people, businesses, and industries that sustain our world. Have a topic in mind? Join the conversation by subscribing to our channel and we'll be in touch. Thanks for tuning in to Risk Matters X.0.